Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. First up today, it's time for Inspiration to Creation with Nina Amir. Let's bring Nina on to reintroduce herself, her show, and what's up for today. Welcome back. Thanks so much, Nicole. Welcome to the Inspiration to Creation show. I am Nina Amir, the Inspiration to Creation coach. And with each show, it is my intention to elevate your consciousness by reminding you of who you are, the spiritual being having a physical human experience. As an intuitive transformational catalyst, it is my goal to inspire you to rethink your limiting beliefs, rise to your potential, tap into your inherent wisdom, and live a human life that feeds your soul. I'm here to help you get out of your own way, change from the inside out, step into your power as a creator, because yes, you are a creator. Ready to get inspired to create something amazing? I hope so. Before I dive into today's show, I want to remind you that there should be time for questions or coaching at the end of this session. So if you have questions about or would like to be coached on today's topic, which is how to access and trust the spiritual guidance you receive, please do call in or write in. I'd love for you to call in so we can chat. I really don't bite. And while emailing questions is good, and I'd rather you do that than not ask any questions at all, really doesn't allow me to tap into your energy or have a connection with you. So if you want to call in, do that by dialing 646-595-4274. 646-595-4274. Or if you prefer to email, you can do that at ontheair at tellus.net. That's T-E-L-U-S dot net. And that info is all at newsforthesoul.com. So just go on there and you'll find the phone number and the email. All right, let's start creating, shall we? Whether you realize it or not, you are spiritually guided. And that spiritual guidance is always available to you. And it can indeed help you create your desires more easily. Now, I've understood this since I was in my mid-20s. But then I hadn't experienced spiritual guidance. So I couldn't say I knew it to be true. I had a few small experiences, you know, but nothing enough to really have that knowing. And so like most people, I could relate instances where I've had a gut reaction to something or what seemed like an intuitive hit. What I know now, 40 years later, is that that is how we receive spiritual guidance. Intuition is your higher self or soul or connection with source speaking to you or through you. Beyond intuition, you could be guided by angels or astral beings or a group consciousness from the non-physical dimension or ascended masters or ancestors. What guides you isn't as important, though, as knowing that you are being guided and becoming aware of that guidance and then trusting it. <clears throat> For the past few years, I focused a lot of my attention on spiritual guidance. However, I'll admit that I constantly questioned if I was indeed receiving any. And I'm not sure why I had so much disbelief. After all, I could provide accurate tarot card readings for others. 
I also could tap into information from someone by holding a piece of folded paper with a word written on the inside, or I couldn't even see it. And I did some Akashic record readings, you know, with nothing but what I was pulling into my experience to share, and those were accurate too. And even back then, I pulled oracle cards for myself or used a pendulum to get answers to my own questions almost daily. And I would meditate to tap into guidance, but I always doubted if the information I received was accurate or really spiritual guidance, not just me. So I asked numerous psychics, intuitive and spiritual coaches and mediums, the same question repeatedly. Do I receive guidance? And if so, how? Do I hear, see, or feel it? And how do I trust it once I become aware that I've received it? And the responses were interesting. And, and, and maybe you've asked the same question and gone through this process too. But generally for me, the answer I got was, yes, you receive spiritual guidance. Everyone does. Just ask for it and then pay attention. Okay, but what about trusting it? You know, that mostly comes from acting on guidance, in my experience. And when you experience a positive result of actually acting on guidance, your level of trust increases. Again, that's been my experience. But back then, I would ask my guides questions and usually receive an answer immediately. But I didn't trust the response because it sounded like me, like my own voice in my head. Maybe you can relate to that. So I asked the psychic, how do I know I'm receiving spiritual guidance when the voice I hear sounds like me? Again, have you done that? And so the psychic replied, Nina, you're tapping into your higher self and listen to it all the time. So you can't tell the difference because you're so accustomed to hearing your soul, your higher self, source speaking to you. It's all you. And that made some sense to me. And I began to pay more attention to that voice. Because after all, not only is it all me, as she said, it's all source. I'm part and parcel of all that is. I'm a little bit, a little kernel of the divine mind. And it's always connected to that. So after that, I entered knowing that I was guided to keep it especially when I would receive outside validation. Of course, yes, we're not looking for outside validation, but that helped me. So maybe you can relate to that. So others would sense or see my guides and get messages for me from them. For instance, I was in this class with an intuitive coach, and she asked me, I was asking her a question, looking for spiritual guidance, because of course I wasn't trusting mine, and she said, what's in that black frame behind you? A quote I said, her reply was, you guys are saying to read it. So I read it aloud and I cried. They're saying the answer has been there all along, she said. You just weren't looking at it. And that experience was super convincing to me that my guides were there and showing me things that I just wasn't paying attention or asking enough or believing enough. Now, I've also tried looking and asking for signs to prove on spiritual guidance. I'm offering you all these stories so that maybe you'll see yourself in them. Anyway, 
back in December 2019, I asked for a sign and I said, universe, God, guides, ancestors, whoever, if I'm supposed to start this new program that I've conceived, give me a sign. It was before I started the Inspired Creator Community and I was wanting to know if I should. And I chose a sign to make it easy for me to know if I had received spiritual guidance. So after saying, let me know if I'm supposed to start this program, I said, I want to see an owl. If proceeding with creating this program and launching it is for my highest good. Now, when I did that in December 2019, I was in Dresden, Germany. And there was a big Christmas market outside our hotel. And I have to admit that I thought to myself, I'll see an owl in one form or another, probably in the market. I wanted to start the program. And so that was my thought. I'm going to see an owl because I want to start this program, so I'm going to see one. I know I'll see an owl down there. That was an easy sign. Now, for 24 hours, I walked around that Christmas market and all over Dresden through other markets, but I never saw an owl. I started to think I was being spiritually guided not to begin the program. Then, the next day, I walked into that Christmas market outside my hotel again. Same booths, same displays as the day before, and I saw owls everywhere. I saw carved wooden owls, ornaments shaped like owls, candle holders with owls etched into the glass, painted owls, but I hadn't seen them the day before. <laughs> I did not see them. So I was pretty excited because I believed that I had received the sign I requested. And I trusted that message and I took action. Because how could it be that I didn't see the owls one day and I did see them the next? So the first day, you know, I thought for sure I'd see it because I wanted to see it. And when I'd given up and decided I was being guided not to take that action and start the Inspired Creator Community, that's when suddenly the owls showed up. So I trusted it. I trusted the message and I took action. I created the program. But to be honest, I still had a little doubt about whether I had truly received the sign because I had been so sure I'd see an owl. Then in May 2021, while planning the launch of the Inspired Creator Community, because yes, it took me that long from the end of 2019, so you know, a little over a year, May 2021, I was planning the launch of the Inspired Creator Community. And, you know, I was in, in the midst of building this program and moving forward, and my husband found two baby great horned owls in our backyard. So again, I was taking action, but I, I still had some doubt. And there were these two baby great horned owls sitting on, on, on a... Um, a log, and we watched those owls mature in our yard for five months, during which time I built and launched the program. So at that point, I knew I was being guided to take this action and create and open the doors to the Inspired Creative Community. And there are many, many times that... Um, you know, that, that I, I had to go back and review that. And whenever 
I question whether or not I should continue that program, guess what? I see an owl. So you might be wondering about how to actually receive spiritual guidance. And there are many ways, and I've tried most of them. So I want to give you seven tools that you can try. The first is guided or channeled writing. So if you get a journal and you write down a question you'd like to answer, that you'd like answered, you can allow your higher self or guides to come through and answer. And write down whatever comes to you. And you can make sense of it later. I do this a lot. Maybe I'll do a session or a, um, a podcast episode on channeled writing because I like it a lot. Um, but just close your eyes and ask a question and write with your eyes closed. Um, I do it on my computer and I type. I open my eyes every once in a while to make sure my fingers are on the keyboard in the right place. But, um, yeah, you can make sense of it later. Okay, number two is Oracle, Tarot, or other divination-type decks. And these card decks are fun and a simple way to receive guidance. Just ask a question, shuffle the cards, and pick one. And there's your answer, right? So most of these decks come with a small booklet that explains the meaning of each card. Um, I, I, have a, I have a couple uh, decks I like a lot, but just go choose one that you like, that, that calls you, follow your intuition. Okay, random book messages. You can open any book to a random page and read the line that stands out. There's your message. Well, pick up a copy of Richard Bach's um, Messiah's Handbook. It works really great for this purpose. It's Richard Bach's Messiah's Handbook. All right. Animals, birds, insects, etc. So notice that's number four. Notice the animals, birds, and insects you encounter. And then you can Google the spiritual meaning of the creature or you can get a book that tells you. Um, you know, so for instance, squirrels are playful, so you might be getting a message that's more fun if you see squirrels. On the other hand, they're also prepared, so maybe you need to be more prepared or more spontaneous. Number five is signs. Watch for messages on license plates, commercials, or along your you know, walking path. So you, know, you might see feathers often. So feathers are supposedly signs that your guides are nearby. Or you know, ask for a sign and then pay attention. Okay? And you can even ask for a sign of an animal or a bird or an insect. Right? And then you know, pull out a book or Google what that bird or animal or insect means. Right? Pendulums, number six. Um, these can be crystals. They don't have to be. Um, anything with a bit of weight hanging from a chain can be used as a divination tool. Um, you can even use a pendant you have or a necklace. So first, ask your guides to join you, and then ask the pendulum to show you what is yes. You know, is it counterclockwise, clockwise? Is it left? You know, to the left or to the right? And and you'll it will move in one direction, like swinging, you know, mine always swings in a clockwise circle um, for yes, and in a um, counterclockwise circle for no, uh, and back and forth when there's no real answer. Anyway, then, you know, you, you can request that, show me no, show me yes, um, and once you have that, you begin asking all sorts of questions and receiving guidance. And number seven is dreams. So before you fall asleep, ask your guides to give you messages or answers to questions during dream time. This is a very um, uh, shamanistic approach, um, but just set the intention to remember your dreams and then write down the details of your dreams when you wake up. And you can analyze it later, looking for information that you requested. 
All right, so those are the seven way, you know, tools that, that I like to use to access spiritual guidance. For, my mo- for most people, myself included, you know, trusting the spiritual guidance you receive um, while using any of these tools or, or even others that you choose is really the hardest part, is that trust. Trust is, it seems to be the hard part. Um, I get clear guidance a lot of the time, but even today, sometimes I'm too scared to act on it. And as a result, I don't see the impact that following it would have on my life. And because of that, my trust level remains low. But when I do act, my trust increases. So be courageous and take bold action on the messages you receive and then watch what happens. Now, I firmly believe that the more you trust and act on spiritual guidance, the more guidance you receive. And I know that the more I ask for and notice guidance, the clearer and louder become the messages, even though I'm still working on the trust and action parts of the process. But this is especially true when, you know, the, the actions suggested seem large or scary. If nothing else, trust that you're guided. Because that's a fabulous way to begin receiving spiritual messages. Now, I'm going to talk more about when the action you're guiding to, guided to, seems larger scary. So we'll get to that. So let's actually do that. Let's talk about trusting your intuition or spiritual guidance and taking action on it. Let's dive into that. Now, you've been told to follow your intuition. So if you're like most spiritual people, you evaluate every choice through the lens of spiritual guidance. But you might wonder why you aren't therefore making progress towards your goals by using this strategy. After all, taking spiritual approach to decision-making is supposed to put you in the flow and move you forward faster and more efficiently, right? Well, I often get asked, Nina, could my spiritual guidance steer me wrong? Or am I misinterpreting intuitive messages? I'm just not seeing progress or results when I act on my intuition or my spiritual guidance. So I'd argue that sometimes your brain makes you think you're receiving spiritual guidance when in fact it is sending you messages to avoid something scary or hard. You could say you misinterpret the brain's messages as intuition. Actually, you interpret them precisely as your brain intends you to. So the oldest part of your brain, which is often called the reptilian part of your brain, keeps you safe at all costs. That's its job. It sees anything new or different as a threat to your life. Even good changes like starting an exercise program or leaving an abusive relationship are perceived as life-threatening. Even wanting spiritual guidance and following spiritual guidance is perceived as life-threatening by the reptilian part of the brain. So if something seems scary to your brain, it's going to do everything possible to make you avoid that change, any kind of change, right? And that includes making you believe your intuition is telling you to do something that the brain sees as safe. So let's say you're a spiritually inclined person who wants to make a decision based on intuition. And you pay close attention to the things you feel excited or passionate about, things that are attractive and interesting, you know, like attractive and interesting opportunities, because you understand that these experiences, thoughts, or feelings are spiritual guidance. That's how you interpret them. 
and you often follow your perceived intuitive hits and act in alignment with your excitement, passion, attraction, and interest. But you're also someone with a goal. Let's say to become an author, just as an example. Intellectually, you know what actions move you towards achieving your goal of authorship. But some of those steps feel uncomfortable and, you know, are scary. And if you're really honest with yourself, you'll admit that becoming an author seems challenging and overwhelming. And you're afraid to put your work and yourself out into the world. To help you feel more secure and confident that undertaking this endeavor, what do you do? You look for ways to advance your knowledge of the publishing industry and of writing crafts. So you sign up for how to write a book or how to get published programs. I've been there and I've done that. <laughs> Especially if you feel as if your intuition is guiding you toward them. Right? So this is a bit like anyone who always wants another degree or certificate of some sort to make themselves feel more secure about whatever. So on the one hand, you sincerely believe you need to know or learn more before you can successfully write and publish a book. And you think your increased knowledge and skill is going to make authorship easier and less scary and give you more confidence. And it might do all of those things. But on the other hand, you get excited about such programs and feel pulled to enroll in them. And so to you, that indicates that you're being spiritually guided toward these courses. And you want to follow your intuition, right? And you believe it's going to help you achieve your goal more efficiently and effectively. Therefore, it makes sense as you enroll in these courses, right? Wrong. Sticking with this example of authorship, as a result of following your so-called intuition, what happens? You end up too busy taking the courses to write your book. And you effectively avoid the aspects of becoming an author that seem difficult or scary. So when you signed up for those courses, or let's say you go for another degree or whatever, were you following your intuition? Or were you succumbing to your brain's strategy to keep you safe? The latter. If you believe something is difficult or scary, you've aligned your thoughts and beliefs with your brain's fear. Basically, your brain convinces you there is something to fear. As a result, you do exactly what your brain wants you to do. You find ways to avoid changing or doing those things that your brain believes might harm you. That's where the courses and certificates and degrees come in. Now, Back to authorship, so our example of authorship. Being too busy to write your book is a strategy for keeping you safe. Is it not? After all, it effectively keeps you from publishing and becoming an author. And it stops you from playing big, becoming visible, and allowing people potentially to judge you and your ideas. So suppose your so-called intuitive hits lead you to decisions that keep you safe or help you avoid scary, difficult, or uncomfortable experiences. In that case, those hits are not coming from spiritual guidance. I'm going to re-say that again. If your so-called intuitive hits lead you to decisions that keep you safe or help you avoid scary, difficult, or uncomfortable experiences, those hits are not coming from spiritual guidance. You see, your spiritual guidance system cares very little about safety. In fact, on a spiritual level, 
you know you're always safe. And you know your soul never dies. Your soul knows that, for sure. So it makes sense that your intuition guides you towards whatever is for your highest good, even if accomplishing that seems hard or scary. In fact, sometimes the most difficult and frightening things, the actions or goals that make you the most uncomfortable, are the ones your soul chooses for growth and higher levels of consciousness and contribution. So if you're avoiding something because it's hard or scary, it's likely that your intuition is leading you toward that. At the same time, your brain is leading you in the opposite direction. So by now you probably realize that your brain disguises your fear or discomfort as spiritual guidance, and I bet you can think of a few examples from your own life where that's true or where you've experienced that. Your brain wants you to believe you're being spiritually guided, but it's pulling you away from what your intuition has directed you to pursue. You can see that learning to discern what's generally, genuinely spiritual guidance is essential. Because if you don't, you'll do everything possible to avoid following your intuition because your brain's going to lead you to do that. So how do you know when you're receiving spiritual guidance versus brain guidance? First, evaluate if you feel scared. Fear is not of the spirit or soul. It's not coming from your higher self or spiritual guidance. And then use these six strategies, according to six steps. The first is to identify what you're avoiding. So basically, identify what you're avoiding or what feels scary, overwhelming, challenging, or uncomfortable. So if we go back to the authorship example again, if you want to become an author but you aren't writing consistently, you're avoiding writing. Okay, number two is to identify why you're avoiding whatever it is you're avoiding. So what's the reason you're avoiding taking action? Obviously, the answer is that the activity makes you feel scared, overwhelmed, and like it's too difficult or uncomfortable on some level. And that's your brain talking, by the way. And you don't want to experience any of those things, so you avoid them. Okay, number three is to identify how you are avoiding it. So what activities are actually taking up your time or causing you to focus on something other than your goal or the actions that get you the results you want? So in our example about authorship, too many courses about getting published or writing books gets in the way of writing and publishing. That's how you're avoiding it. You're avoiding the scary stuff. Number four is to determine if you're avoiding what you're intuitively guided toward. So why do you aspire to achieve whatever the goal is or dream? Like maybe you chose to write a book because you felt becoming an author would allow you to fulfill your purpose by being of service. Or maybe you just got an intu- a real intuitive hit and you were like, I'm going to write a book about X. And you st- started and then you began avoiding. So your soul pushed you in the direction of that goal, and you followed your intuition with little hesitation initially. And only after making the decision to take action did your aspiration start feeling too big and risky. Now that's a sure sign you want a spiritually guided path at the start. Okay, five. Realize that excitement, passion, interest, and attraction are not necessarily signs of spiritual guidance. They can be. Not necessarily. You have to review your past 
and identify times when you jumped right into something. You knew it was right for you and followed your intuition. Like you sat down and just started writing the book. But maybe in the past it worked out. Maybe it didn't. But you grew and you learned and you expanded your consciousness. So no matter what, it was, you know, you, you did it and it worked out on some level. Notice that those decisions had a different quality. You weren't just excited, passionate, interested, or attracted to whatever you, you know, whatever the aspiration was or um, the goal. You just knew it was the next step for your highest good. And you probably didn't hesitate initially to take that step. Number six, six is to realize that overthinking is a brain trick. So when you're overthinking, you know, like, was this guidance, was it not guidance, right? Overthinking provides a sure sign your brain is operating in high gear to stop you from pursuing a spiritually guided opportunity. You have the instinct, the, the urge, the, the impulse to do something. You acted on spiritual guidance and then began to overthink it. Too many thoughts about whether you should or shouldn't do something equate to your brain trying to steer you away from something, not toward it. Intuition usually involves little thoughts. You just know. Notice your mental chatter. If it's in high gear telling you things like you might miss out if you don't do this or when are you going to learn to follow your intuition and just do it, you can rest assured you're not being spiritual guided. Instead, your brain is doing what it can to keep you safe. It wants to stop you from doing something else. So if you use these six strategies, you're going to find it easier to figure out when your intuition is guiding you forward and when your brain is trying to keep you stuck exactly where you are. So that leaves two final questions that I asked for many years and many of my Inspired Creator community members or coaching clients ask. And that is, how do you tap into and become more aware of spiritual guidance? So split that into two. How do you tap into spiritual guidance? How do you become more aware of spiritual guidance? For most people, tapping into spiritual guidance feels like the hard part. Um, well, I said trust was the hard part, but the second hard part is tapping into it, right? And when we feel unable to tap into spiritual guidance, we feel alone and unguided, and we doubt that we're connected to source. And that's a downward spiral. But here's the thing. Most of us don't bother to ask for spiritual guidance, at least not regularly. So if you want to tap into um, spiritual guidance and become more aware of it, the first thing you have to do is start asking for spiritual guidance. That's the first step. Don't wait for the moment when you're so upset or under so much pressure that you feel you have to get help from some source other than yourself. Ask for guidance every day. I began doing that years ago. I often start my day asking, show me what's in my best interest or for my highest good. Or I ask, I want to know if doing you know, X would be in my best interest. Um, please let me feel, see, or hear your guidance. Or I'll ask, you know, what can I know today? I often do that with my guided writings, or you, know, you might call them channeled writings or automatic writings. You know, what, what can I do today that will move me forward? Remember that asking for spiritual guidance isn't the same thing as praying for help, though. Prayers for help tend to be said in the moment of need. You want to ask for and receive guidance daily. Okay, because then, first of all, you're in a power spot that I'm asking for guidance. I'm not looking for help or someone to save me, right, or something to save me, right? So you get in the habit of asking for guidance all the time, every day, and the habit of receiving the guidance. 
so it becomes natural to you. Most of us ask for spiritual guidance when we feel particularly uncertain about what step to take next. But we don't pay enough attention either to the responses, and they can come quickly. But we don't see, hear, or feel the guidance that we receive a lot of the time. You know, for me, if I ask a question, I get an answer right away. I do. Do I pay attention to it or do I take action on it? Well, that's a whole other story, <laughs> right? So we ask for spiritual guidance when we feel uncertain, and then we don't pay attention to the response we get. We don't see, hear, or feel guidance. And that's why most of us don't feel guided. We just aren't paying attention. We aren't conscious of the messages we receive. Well, maybe you can relate to that. So stay aware of things like bodily sensations and the thoughts that pop into your head or the people that come into your life or what you hear being said around you, angels' numbers, and the like. Sometimes I ask for guidance one minute and forget about the request in the next minute. And that makes it hard to notice any guidance coming in, doesn't it? So these days I try to be super specific. I ask, you know, if making this decision will serve my highest good, show me, you know, X. And then I choose a sign and I watch for it, like the owl's example I, I shared earlier. So pay attention. You might write down your sign or your question. I do that sometimes. So you can keep it in front of you, in front of your mind, right? So you remember and you're more aware. I would also suggest putting a deadline on some of your requests because otherwise weeks could go by until you see a sign or notice the sign. They might have been there, but you didn't notice them. And by then you might have taken a different action without the help of spiritual guidance. So sometimes saying, I'd like to see a sign by X time is helpful. Will you get it by then? You know, no telling, but at least ask for it. You know, recently I made a decision, and I had asked for spiritual guidance, and I felt like I received it. In fact, I not only asked for a sign, you know, which I received, but then I, what I did was I confirmed, confirmed it. Because, you know, sometimes there's still a little doubt, I admit it. And so I confirmed the decision and the guidance using my pendulum. And then I took action. So I received spiritual guidance, or I thought I had. I confirmed it with my pendulum, and then I took the action. And the next thing I knew, I was on a webinar with someone who seemed to be speaking directly to me. And her words confirmed that the decision I'd made was correct. Was she speaking directly to me? No. She was speaking to a group. But it was what I needed to hear to know that the decision I made was correct, and it was spiritual guided. And for an entire week, I seemed to he see or hear messages that supported my decision and the spiritual guidance that led to it. It's easy to doubt or question the spiritual guidance that you receive. I actually think it's our natural tendency, given that we live in a linear 3D world. But don't doubt. And use the information that I provided on how to know if you're receiving brain guidance versus spiritual guidance. Use the tools that I've, I've given you here in this episode. Trust those stray thoughts and the gut feeling and the sensation in your body or any other little nudges you get from the universe. Trust the times you acted immediately and doubted later because when you trust it immediately, that was acting on spiritual guidance. 
And the more you trust, the more messages you're going to receive. And as you take action on guidance, you're going to find yourself supported in surprising ways, magical ways. You get more spiritual guidance, and you'll learn to receive it with more faith. And believe me, I'm speaking to you from my own experience. And a lot of what I shared here today is, you know, I, I go through it still sometimes. Is this really spiritual guidance? Is it my brain? You know, should I do this? Should I not? Do I trust? Do I doubt? Right? I still go through it. Now, here's something else to consider. Sometimes you won't realize you're asking a question, but you still get an answer that's going to guide you. So several years ago, I went through a period of feeling super frustrated. I wanted to see and feel and hear guidance more clearly, get it more quickly and more frequently. And I didn't lack belief in guidance. I lacked faith that I would actually access it easily like some of my friends seem to do so naturally. In the back of my mind, I was always wondering, will I ever receive clear guidance on a consistent basis? I didn't voice this question, but it was there, at the back of my mind. It had been there for a long time. So I was conducting an interview with a crowdfunding and business expert for the members of my nonfiction writers university, another program I run, which is for writers. And you know, so it's in a situation where it had nothing to do with spirituality or spiritual guidance. And I asked this woman a question related to writing and publishing as a business. And out of the blue, the woman says, you're never alone. You may feel alone, but you're constantly surrounded by angels and guides. You can ask for guidance and you can receive it. Whoa, there it was, the answer to my question from a totally unlikely source in an unlikely situation. Full confirmation. Totally an answer to my question. <laughs> so here's the thing. We can all receive spiritual guidance, and we're receiving it all the time. If you don't know this as truth, you don't have that knowing, start asking for spiritual guidance and then pay close attention to what appears in your life. And don't doubt what you see, feel, hear, or sense is a message meant for you. Just believe and act on it and develop trust. The more you do that, the more guidance you're going to receive. I know someone, and I'll leave you with this, I know someone who um, decided that she wouldn't do anything without first asking for guidance. So I'm just going to trust my intuition and my spiritual guidance, and I'm going to ask, you know, is this for my highest good? Is that for my highest good? What's the thing I should be doing today? You know, this for my highest good, or what can I do today, or what can I know today? And it changed her life, changed her business, changed her financial status, changed all kinds of things for her changed how much guidance she was receiving. And now when she coaches, and she coaches on business, she does so by asking her guides for information, asking for guidance for her clients, the same guidance she uses for herself. So everyone receives, receives spiritual guidance. You're receiving it all the time. <clears throat> Ask for it. Trust it. Act on it. And the more guidance you're going to receive. So with that said, I'm going to take a little break, and I'm going to see if Nicole is there. 
and if we have any questions or people calling in. Nicole, are you there? Okay. <clears throat> I am here, and uh, our questions are here. Judy in Toronto, she feels stuck in a procrastination loop and can't get out and wants to know what you can suggest. Ah, great question, Judy. So I have a, a, a member in my program who has the same issue, and she's um, always finding a reason not to do the things that she knows she should be doing or can do in order to move her business forward. So for you, it might not be a business, whatever it is you're procrastinating on. And that is, you know, procrastination is a, is a form of avoidance. And so that's coming from fear, totally coming from fear. And so that is your brain trying to stop you from doing something that feels hard or scary or overwhelming. So maybe you already know that. So how do you get out of that procrastination loop? Ask every day, what's one thing I can do to move myself forward? You can answer it yourself, you know, from your human brain, right, from your humanness, and say, you know, what's one action I could take? And then do that. You can also ask spiritual guidance. What is the one thing I need to do to move myself forward, to get out of this procrastination loop? But the thing is that procrastination is about not doing, right? It's all about not doing. And so the remedy for that is to do, to take action. So whatever it is you're procrastinating on, you need to take action. You need to do that thing. And that's how you actually, you know, from a, a very physical human standpoint, that's how you break the procrastination loop, right? Just, take, just do it, like Nike says, just do it. But you can also ask for guidance or you can use your own knowledge of, you know, like if you were wanting to build your, you know, an online business and you know you need to go live on Instagram every day and you're procrastinating, just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. Or tap into your spiritual guidance and ask, is going live on Instagram the thing that, you know, is for my highest good or will move my business forward? Um, more quickly? Or is there something else I, I, I can do? And maybe there's something else. Maybe going live on Instagram isn't the same, and you're not listening to your guidance. But no matter what, to break that procrastination loop, you have to do something. You have to take some sort of action, and that will get you out of the loop. Okay? I hope that helps, Judy. All right, Nicole? Okay, next question is coming from Lori in New York. I'm always thinking... I miss reading the sign. How can I get a more dependable connection? Okay, that was Lori, right? So you're misreading the signs and you want a more reliable connection. Here's the thing. You always have a reliable connection. Always. Your connection is clear. The fact that you're overthinking means you're doubting. And your brain is, is, is creating all this chatter. And so you really, to, to get out of that, ask for spiritual guidance and then just act on it. Take it at face value. Like, you know, like just accept it. And don't overthink it. As soon as you're overthinking, you're in your brain. You're not in your, you know, in your intuitive, uh, 
spiritual self. Sorry, I just knocked my mic off. <laughs> um, so know that overthinking is always your brain. Always your brain trying to stop you from doing something, causing you to doubt, causing you to wonder, causing you to ask 20 questions. You know, is this the right thing for me? Is it the wrong thing for me? Go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Ask for spiritual guidance and move on it. Okay? You are getting clear guidance. You are just allowing your brain to put you in a place of overthinking it. And there, you know, the, the answers you get that come from intuition are, or your you know, spiritual guidance are going to be ones that you feel very compelled to act on immediately. And so any overthinking, just know that, any overthinking is coming from your brain, not from your intuition. And so just shut it down. Say, you know, you, you can say, I know my brain, my, the reptilian part of my brain, you know, wants me not to do this. But you know what? I, I can handle this myself. You can talk to your brain. Just say, I can handle this. And right now, I'm dismissing you. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to get into overthinking. I am going to ask again, what is the one thing that I can do right now or should do for my highest good? I don't like the word should so much, but that I can do that is for my highest good and the highest good of all those concerned. And then do that thing and stop thinking about it. Just do it. Take action. All right, I hope that was helpful. All right, Nicole, any others? We've got one more. Um, this is from Shelly in Florida. I truly have no time in my day. I don't know how to change that. I'd like to do more, uh, to work more on growing towards a personal goal, but every minute of my time is taken up by kids, spouse, work, and all the survival things we need to do. Any suggestions would be appreciated. And that's the last question. All right, thanks. So I think it was Shelley, right? So this is a very common issue. I think I've addressed it some on other episodes, but it's always worth revisiting. When we are too busy, we are avoiding as well. I get that you have kids and work and all those things. I really do. I'm not discounting that or, you know, trying to lessen the importance of survival stuff, but your soul knows, knows you're okay no matter what. So if you take care of your kids and you handle the things that are most pressing and you don't handle the others, like if you didn't handle, um, I mean, I wouldn't say not paying the bills or whatever, but you know, choose a, make a list of all the things you do every day that take up all that time and choose one or two to not do every day or to not do every week and open up a little space. And, you know, your brain is going to say you're going to die. You're going to die if you don't do that thing. Ask yourself the question, will I die? And I know that sounds crazy, but in personal and spiritual growth circles, this is a question we ask a lot because your soul knows, as I said today, your soul knows that you don't die. Your soul never dies. Your spirit doesn't die. Only your body dies, right? So it's just a transition. And there are probably some things on your list that if you don't do them, nothing bad will happen. It is your brain telling you that something bad will happen. And so I'm not asking you to be neglectful of 
of things, you know, like feeding your kids or getting them to school or going to your job and, you know, earning your paycheck, which pays your rent. But there probably are some things that don't need to happen and nothing bad will happen or they don't need to happen today. So if you look at your list of to-do items that seem like all survival, every day, one thing, drop it off the list. You can go on the list for tomorrow and use that time to meditate, to do self-care, to do, you know, to tap into spiritual guidance, okay? Now, since we're talking about spiritual guidance, I will tell you that it takes no time to tap into your spiritual guidance, really, because all you have to do is ask a question. You could be driving and say, you know, higher self, soul, spiritual guides, whatever, ancestors, universe, whatever you want to call call it. And you could just say, you know, I would like to know what, what you know, what's the one thing I can know today that is for my highest good? Or one thing that, you know, as I've said before, all the same questions, you know, that, that I can do today to move myself forward. And watch for an answer. It could come on in the form of a license plate. Or you might have the thought, oh, I could do, you know, X, Y, or Z. And then you look at your, the clock in your car and it's 1111 or it's 444, right? So these are angel numbers. And you go, oh, I see that spiritual guidance is, is prompting me, right? Could be, you know, the, the butterfly lands on your car, or you see, you know, a, a, a dog run across the road, and then you just look up the meaning for dog, or, you know, whatever it is. But you can get an answer that quickly. You can tap into your spiritual guidance that quickly. You don't need a lot of time. The same goes for meditation. You can meditate for two minutes. Seriously, you can find the time. The other thing is, if your life has, and I'll leave you with this, if you have no time in your life to do the things that are really important to you, you have to ask yourself if you're really committed to them. Our, our lives, uh, you know, our, our, our lives, the, the habits we have and the commitments we have are just a reflection of who we're being. And so if you want to be someone who has more time, to do the things that are important to you, be that person now. Be that person and commit to that because, again, look at your life. If all it is is about survival, then you're committed to survival. You're not committed to expansion or transformation or growing, any of those things, right? So decide to be someone who's committed to the things that are important to you and then behave like that person. How would that person behave? How would they spend their time? Would their days be totally about survival? It's a great question. I'm going to end with that. I hope it was helpful. For anyone who, um, you know, still has questions or, uh, you know, this generated more questions, please feel free to reach out to me at ninaninamir.com or through Nicole, and I will answer your questions. Okay? So I believe the key to acknowledging receipt of spiritual guidance, trusting it and acting on it depends on your personal growth. As I'm always saying, personal growth leads to spiritual growth. It's your human nature to doubt, to believe you are not connected to source, not part of divine mind, not able to access spiritual guidance or notice intuition. The way to change that human condition is to get out of your own way, 
to develop the habits and mindsets and behaviors of those who are aware of spiritual guidance at all times, to become a person aware of spiritual guidance at all times. That's why I'm such an advocate for both personal and spiritual growth coaching and programs. The two go together. Work on yourself, and you're going to open yourself to the spiritual side of your nature. Work on your spiritual side, and you're going to find yourself confronted by the human ways to stop yourself from experiencing your connection with all that is. Change those, and your human and spiritual life change for the better. You are the only thing standing in the way of being the person you know you can be, want to be, are at your essence. Your humanness, your mindset and habits are what stop you from experiencing the spiritual guidance you desire. And believe me, I know this from my own personal experience. That's why I created the Inspired Creator Community, to offer both personal and spiritual growth coaching and training to those who want to fulfill their potential and live lives of soul alignment, tap into their own power as divine creators. As you may know, I'm a certified high-performance coach and an intuitive transformational catalyst. The coaching I provide is all about helping you step into being the person you know you can be, know you want to be, so you can fulfill your potential and purpose and access your, per- your powerful creative ability. So being a creator and a person who can express and spiritual, you know, as a spiritual being having a human experience. Creating transformation requires a holistic strategy that addresses all of who you are. That's when quick and lasting change occur, which is why I provide both in the Inspired Creator Community. The Inspired Creator Community offers live coaching three times per month with me, not someone else, and as well as recorded spiritual trainings to help you step into your power as an inspired creator and create a life that feeds your soul and that is guided by intuition and spiritual guidance. So to find out more, go to ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. So that's N-I-N-A-A-M-I-R.com forward slash join, J-O-I-N-I-C-C for Inspired Creative Community. ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. So right now you can join the ICC, the Inspired Creative Community, at any time. Everything is recorded and archived. But this could change in the new year. Now, that said, the right or the best time to join is when you feel that intuitive nudge, when your soul whispers in your ear that it's time to change, time to transform, time to be who you are meant to be, to fulfill your potential and purpose, to create what you truly desire and what is for your highest good. You probably realize your soul is pushing you in that direction right now, so trust that intuition. Act on it. Any fear about investing time or money is not coming from spiritual guidance, but your brain. It does not want you to grow and change. Your soul and spirit do. How much longer do you want to wait to step into your power as a creator, to your human nature, you know, to your human nature, get it out of the way so you can experience your spiritual nature? Where will you be in six months or a year if nothing changes, if you don't change? In the Inspired Creator community, we focus on changing from the inside out. As you transform, your life transforms. But what if you don't experience that transformation now, within the next six months or a year? What if you never change, grow, transform, become who you are meant to be, and do what you're meant to do in this lifetime? You probably realize you may, not come, you, you may come to the end of your life and have regrets about not showing up as your best self, not pursuing your passion, not expressing fully. And I don't want that for you or for me, and I bet you don't want it for yourself. So if you agree and you feel the push towards achieving your potential and fulfilling your purpose, being your best self so you can live a life that feeds your soul and don't want to wait another month, year, or a minute, become an inspired creator. 
join me in the Inspired Creator community at ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. And I'm going to end by just offering all of you that as part of my gift for the soul, which is an Inspired Creator community membership for you or for someone you love, I'm offering the bonus of a free 30-minute intuitive reading with me. So when you join or you give the gift to someone else, just email me and say you've joined because you listened to my show here, and that's what you'll get. You'll get this free gift, and I'm only giving it to my listeners here at News for the Soul. Okay? If a membership program or group coaching isn't for you, reach out, ninaamir.com forward slash 15, the number one five free, and we can have a chat. Follow me on social. You can find me by searching Nina Amir or Inspiration to Creation Coach. Thank you so much for listening. And until I talk to you next, go out there and achieve more inspired results by creating yourself and your life with deliberate intention. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show.